time I hear this music, I just feel like sh stretching and like waking up out of bed in the morning. I don't know. It sounds like the intro of a Barbie movie. Does it? But I like it. Oh boy. <laughs> I thought it sounded very elegant. It, it does. Just, okay. The Barbie movies have like orchestras. Really? Yeah. So welcome back, guys. Oh, that's where you are. The camera. Uh... We've changed the setup once again, and I think it's the Christmas yet. What do you think, Caleb? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. We actually have a, what, the middle camera is trying it's, to in focus and keeps zooming in and out. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be yeah, good, probably. Fine. <laughs> but uh, I'm here with Katie Gilman. She is a member of Antioch Community Church in College Station, Texas, and a member of my Bible study is called Biblical Bible Study because it allows um, or it dives into the uh, biblical narrative uh, from a first century Jewish perspective, which we've seen a lot of fruit from. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I just want to start there because that's, that's somewhere where we really connect on. Um, what has it been like coming from like the Western church and then going into a Bible study like with Josh mm -hmm. And kind of getting wrecked a little bit of like, what? Like, this makes so much sense. Like, yeah. we've never learned the Bible <laughs> truly, you know? Yeah. Oh, so true. I, whenever I first started going to Josh's Bible study, I was like really wanting more of something. And I wasn't really sure what it was because I knew there was more of Jesus to know and more of the Bible to understand and I was trying out different life groups at the time. And I was in this one. I was just talking about how um, we, like, we were reading scriptures. And I was thinking about, like, oh, I wonder if this, like, means something different, mm. like, to the people at the time that were writing it. And they're like, oh, have you heard about this Bible study? I'm like, no. And <laughs> they told me about it. I was like, I want, I want to go so bad. So I did. And literally, ever since, every single Bible study, it, my world is rocked because there's so much that, I misunderstood that I was taught mm. or things that I was never taught and totally should have been taught like as a Christian, you know? And so there's so much that we miss out of the Bible for just because we're Americans yeah. and not first century Jews. And That's so crazy. <laughs> I know. It's and crazy how much it blew my mind personally. Yeah. yeah. And it still does honestly. Yeah. And I wish I was like still better understanding it because I want to, it's so important, you know, cause it, there's just so much to know and to understand yeah. from that perspective and it changes a lot of the meaning of what we read and yeah. how we perceive god and creation and the day of the lord that when heaven comes to earth and i just i wish it was more of a common thing to talk about you know? yeah hey caleb by the way can you make sure we're getting audio on yep this? we are oh, we are we're sweet good. perfect perfect um no completely like when I dive in, or I say I dive, dove into it, like I, I personally, I mean, it's it's always a teacher or a person that is the catalyst to our own exploration because like we can just receive from one person for our entire life and then we get their exact idea. But I think something that Josh really push, pushes us to is like look into it for yourself, like mm -hmm. look for other sources, like try to actually prove me wrong. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, when you dive into the scriptures, what you see is this, like everything that the apostles and Jesus did was tied to this 
Jewish eschatology, this Old Testament eschatology, which mm-hmm. was uh, for people to, that don't know what eschatology means, it's the study of the end times, mm-hmm. which to them was so important because we think yeah. about one of the most famous uh like scriptures which is in matthew about the sermon of the ma- on the mound and we're like oh everybody knows the sermon on the mound but they don't really know what he said right. <clears throat> and i didn't know for the longest time that jesus was actually sitting down like have has, have you talked to josh I about think that so, no. yeah so he was preaching to like uh his disciples and and other people and i think mm-hmm. some gentiles I, i'm not sh- entirely certain and then took his disciples over to the mount and sat mm-hmm. down. And it was like a Q&A session. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, you just heard this. Now ask questions. And they mm-hmm. all what they were asking me, I was like, how do we know when this is coming? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the signs? Like, what is this going to be like? Because they knew that that was the most important thing for all of humanity, that the day of the Lord was going to be the saving. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what our hope is in in christianity and so yeah i just think it's been fascinating yeah so true i think a lot of where like my hope was like Mm. before bible study was just believing in jesus you know i have a relationship with god which is biblical and so like good and awesome to have but i was missing something it's it's such an important key of what the bible talks about is the hope that is coming Mm. with jesus coming back with heaven coming down to earth and i was watching maybe like a bible project or something and recently and he was talking about new heaven and new earth and how it's not focused on us going somewhere not us like trying to get to heaven but really heaven coming here Mm. you know it's like an opposite perspective it's not about us going up it's about heaven coming down you know and i think it's such like a kind of a skewed perspective of like how we used to think about it, you know, before Josh's Bible study and really digging into like what the Bible actually focuses on, which is so crazy because now that like that almost like a veil is coming Mm. off our eyes, we're able to read it and like, wow, it actually talks about this a lot, you know, like, why didn't I see that before? That's crazy. Oh, and it's exciting. Yeah. It's so cool. And not only that, but I think it just is powerful because it's almost like, God chooses and chose to come to earth. He wants mm. us. He loves us. And he's seeking that relationship yeah. as opposed to us trying to do all the things to try to reach heaven, yeah. to try to reach up to that perfect enlightenment or mm. whatever you want to call it. Instead, it's he came down to us and he's coming down to us. That's his, Dude, that was exactly what I was thinking because <laughs> like, I've never thought about it this way when you explained it that way, Katie, because it's like, us going to uh, somewhere Mm -hmm. us going to this like paradise that we think of when we'd have to break it take all that down but us like Mm -hmm. ascending to a place Mm -hmm. almost is makes it more of like oh we have to do something to get there like it's a journey that we have to take but it's really a journey that jesus is taking to us yeah and that's how it always was yeah and, like, we talk about it all the time. Even the people that don't understand, like, the true uh, narrative of the story mm-hmm. uh, talk about it all the time of, like, no, Jesus pursues you. Yeah. And yeah. it's, like, th- that same pattern of Jesus pursuing you in your personal life is mm-hmm. how he's pursuing hum- humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, he will come and rescue us. He yeah. will rescue us out of the darkness. He is there with us, yeah. you know. And our job is just to get excited and... Tell as many people as we can and mm-hmm. share the gospel, share the truth, 
um, and just be excited for what God wants to do next as opposed to us trying to do something. Yeah. So I think it adds like an urgency, you mm. know, to, to share this stuff because of how important it is, you know, an urgency to repent, turn away from the things you were doing and follow Jesus because he's like, it's a real day that's coming back. You know, like you don't want to be on the wrong side, (laughs) you know? So, yeah. So, uh, back to that original question, what was it like for you? Like, was it hard for you to take in at first? Because I know for me, I like wanted to be like, what are you talking about, Josh? Mm-hmm. Like, not even like in a that much of a like bad way, but right. just like, are you sure? Yeah. Like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought this. I was always taught this, you know? Yeah. I was worried some of what he was talking about was like unbiblical and hearsay. And like, yeah. is this like some weird thing that he's teaching that isn't actually biblical at all well i think that's because that's what people think right Mm -hmm. because we've been taught by tradition Mm -hmm. and so when we break it's like oh everything you know (laughs) everything you know like your whole worldview is getting shattered right in front of you so of course you're you're, something in you is gonna be like no (laughs) no because in many ways we were taught cultural christianity and greek philosophy as opposed to the bible yeah Mm -hmm. but but katie i want to hear about what that was emotionally like for you and just like what was your experience yeah so this might be partly good thing partly bad thing i'm a little too trusting Mm -hmm. in especially like in authority figures and especially spiritual authority figures i just trust them so much in their knowledge and in their wisdom that when josh was saying stuff i'm like that yeah that's right I'm yeah. wrong. You're right. <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, I need to fix like my worldview. I, I, I am, I am wrong. This is not right. What I was mm. believing, my worldview is wrong. So I was like, I guess my mindset was that I just need to learn from him. I like sure. what I know is not, is not lining up to what, like he, the way he talks about it and the mm. way he describes and just quotes scripture. Like literally, what we would do is just read in Genesis and then he would draw exactly what's being like what what we were like, reading look at I'm this like, look what it's saying right here yeah, like and, read it for what it's saying mm-hmm. and then let's look at the Greek and the yeah. Hebrew uh so in like 10 other passages yeah. that relate mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so my question is like um dang it lost my train like of thought. how I was feeling at the time yeah, or? No. so like uh, it, <clears throat> I I have a new question sorry okay. Caleb kind of got my my neurons kind of spin. Um, you forget this is an interview, Caleb. No, I'm joking. This is a conversation. Uh, man. Well, I have a question yeah, sure, sure. Uh, we can go with. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think are ways that people that, one, aren't living in college station or mm-hmm. that don't know about Bible studies like this or in, going in-depth in the scripture, what do you think are ways that they can... Uh, learn more about the Bible and discover the context because you can't just mm-hmm. open up a Greek Bible and suddenly start just understanding and reading it. Frontier mm-hmm. Alliance International. SAI. Yes. They, they, like, taking what, you know, Josh has taught and then going to to them, actually, uh, our friend Peter recommended FAI to me. Mm-hmm. And going through their Daniel series where they look at the prophecies where a lot of our end times ideas and and whatnot are based off of and then looking at what Jesus said and how that ties because the you know the apostles and Jesus understood the Old Testament like we we don't even understand it like they did Mm -hmm. 
Um, but do you think, so is that how you are with all authority or do you think it was something about specifically what he was saying that's like the scripture in the, in the Bible where it's like the truth cuts through bone and marrow. It's like mm-hmm. reality just hits you in the face. Oh, mm-hmm. this is so true. You can feel it in your spirit. You know yeah. it. Like, what was that your experience? Yeah, honestly, that was probably pretty on the point. Mm. I think since going to this Bible study, it's it's made me question other people more and things that like I'll hear like on a podcast or like a sermon or even in church or life group. I'm like, is that is that true? Like, yeah, I don't know, because usually I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. It sounded cool. That's that's true. So it's it's kind of it's helped in, in some ways to to like honestly to question some things in like a healthy way yeah. and put them to the test like well like you say this but i don't know how true that is i'm going to go investigate for myself and see see it look at it from a first first century jews perspective which mm. i would never have before well we don't even think that's like biblical like i i I never grew up under like knowing anything about Jewish people. Yeah. Like I just always thought like I mean you you know Israel and like you can learn about it when, when you're a kid you're mm-hmm. kind of taught like Jesus was a Christian like yeah like that the apostles were Christians but mm-hmm. they weren't Christians right like they became what you would call Christians because they were mm-hmm. followers of Jesus but they were jewish Mm -hmm. which is crazy it's like and we you know if you talk about things like the holocaust you talk about things uh like the you know xenophobia that we've had for centuries or the anti-semitism that we've had Mm -hmm. for centuries uh within um, just culture it makes so much sense that (laughs) they're god's chosen people not because god is punishing them or anything Mm -hmm. it's because of course God's people are being persecuted because mm-hmm. when you tell the truth, when you speak the truth, um, you almost get, <laughs> I mean, it it makes people face their lives, you know, mm-hmm. that are believing in their life, so. Yeah. I grew up Methodist. Mm. Um, and I remember I, whenever you're like, I don't know, 13 or something, you go through, uh, what's the word? Starts with a C. Con- confirmation confirmation (laughs) yes confirmation and uh i remember going to a jewish synagogue i don't Mm. know i don't remember i mean at the time i was like i don't know why we're going here because honestly i had no idea what i was doing with like the bible i didn't understand it It just wasn't explained to me well sure um but we definitely went to a jewish synagogue and i just remember it just being like a long service they read the book backwards (laughs) they would like greet us they were all really friendly and stuff but like I never understood why we were going to a Jewish synagogue. Interesting. Which is like a big deal to understand yeah. why you I've always go. found confirmation like a strange concept. Yeah. You know, I never really, I guess because I grew up Baptist and they don't do that really? kind of thing. More non-denominational. Catholic but. kind of. Don't they, Catholics yeah, go through confirmation. Con- but like, I think oh, it's like now way you're, later in life. You're good enough, you've done the things, and now yeah. you're shaved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to heaven now, son. Yeah. Come and get your wine that are turned into blood right in front of you. <laughs> I'm I not had- trying to make fun of anybody, but let's be honest. <laughs> I had to, after I went through like my confirmation, we would have like, it was kind of like a Sunday school. You would go and this person would t- 
teach you things. Mm. Always so boring. Yeah. And I remember to like be to like finish confirmation, you had to go and be interviewed. Not really interview, but have a conversation with the pastor just to see like, do you want to be part of this family? Do you believe yeah. in this stuff? Okay, yeah, now you're a member of our church. Hmm. And I remember before I was going in, my dad <laughs> brought me to the church and took me there. And I was like, Dad, Jesus died to save us from our sin, right? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, okay, that's, that's okay. Good, okay. <laughs> and so I so did that, it feel like a test? Yeah, it did. Yeah. I remember that for sure. And I think I literally just kept on repeating, like, yeah, Jesus died for our sins. Jesus so that's, died for our sins, that's yeah. why I want to be in this family. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, now knowing kind of what we know and, and learning what we learn, it's like so sad what we've done with Christianity in yeah. America mm-hmm. and, and in many places. And it's just, man, us Gentiles, we, we like to... We're a foolish nation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's funny because, uh, like... You talk. It talks about all the time how, uh, I mean, not all the time, but you know, Paul in Romans. Um, let's maybe just wait on the on the typing for now. <laughs> yeah, it just distracted me. Sorry. Uh, Paul in Romans is talking about uh, how the hearts of the Jewish nation have been hearted, mm-hmm. so the fullness of the faith in the Gentiles might come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And um, how that uh, the G- Gentiles have been sewed in to the uh, to the to the to the vine, mm-hmm. and how much quicker will God remove you and put the original back in mm-hmm. if you get prideful? And it's like it, God's literally been telling us, like, "Hey, pride is going to come into your hearts because you're going to think." oh, now we're the chosen people mm-hmm. and we run this thing and we know what's up. Mm-hmm. And you see that right now. And you yeah. see this like divide between Christians and like non-Messianic Jews mm-hmm. where the Christians are like, oh, well, we're blessed right now. And so you guys don't matter. Mm-hmm. And then it's the Jewish people that are like, but if you really understood how much stuff you're messing up, then like... <laughs> And it's, so it's both just like, you suck, yes. you suck. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. But I guess it's for a purpose, right? right? God, Like Josh says all the time, God's playing four, five-dimensional chest. Mm-hmm. So chess, yeah. Chest. <laughs> chest. <laughs> what I, I think feel like is it, interesting yeah. is that we actually, um, our lack of understanding of the Bible <laughs> is not only driving Gentiles away, but it's also driving Jews away because both... Um, for Jews, they see like, oh, we have this understanding of like the Torah and um, all of these prophecies, and you guys are completely messing it up, so you guys are wrong. Mm. And for Gentiles, they start wanting to go deeper in their faith, so they start reading the Bible, trying to understand things, and they just see so much that seems like a contradiction or mm. that is confusing them or um, yeah. what I... Um, heard about is actually going through seminary mm. makes as many atheists as it does um, pastors. Right? Really? That's because interesting. Because it's literally just an institution and it is um, creating this basis that isn't necessarily biblical. Mm. And so it's causing confusion and um, deception in the church and leading people away from Jesus as opposed to leading them to Jesus. 
I wish we could just take Ravi Zacharias's DNA and just like create a bunch of copies of Ravi Zacharias and, and then them. yeah have them around <laughs> maybe throw some Paul the apostle in there like <laughs> just revive all of these great teachers mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of what Josh talks about right is yeah. like what our hope is our not our hope but uh, what one day will happen is we will have the the Israel the, as a nation like back in their rightful position as like mm-hmm. the firstborn son that will kind of be our older brother figure that will help us and lead us mm-hmm. and be a priest to us and yeah. how to love God like correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's cool. What I would love to hear is if like, cause we kind of talked about like where we're at, where you're at right now in, in the Bible study. I would love to kind of hear your testimony and like mm-hmm. where you came from and how you ended up here. Yeah. So I'm from Houston-ish, from a small town, Alvin. I grew up in the church, so I've always like known who God was and who Jesus is, but I never understood really the concept of having that relationship with God until like later in high school. Mm. Um, and honestly, part of my testimony is feeling like I don't have one because huh. I was never a right. bad kid. I never went through like adversity. My parents are still married. There's been just not bad things that happened in my life, which I'm so thankful for. But I like sometime or in the past, I would feel like my testimony wasn't powerful because I couldn't relate to people that had mm-hmm. really gone through hard things. But so I, I grew up Methodist in the church, stayed in that church for like through high school and stuff. Um, and it wasn't until like maybe my sophomore year of high school that I really started to um, dig into what having a relationship with Jesus meant. And I still never really understood the concept because no one taught me. Um, I used to go to this, uh, it was kind of like a summer camp, but it was with the church. We would go over to Florida for like five days. It was called Big Stuff. And it was like Mm. this huge church retreat thing. And it was really good, honestly. It was awesome. Um, And they gave us these little books that had like devotional type stuff in it. It would kind of guide you through a time with God, but I didn't really... I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they would have time. They called it quiet time. And then we would all, there would people be on the beach, like on the balconies of like the hotel and just be like sitting and reading the Bible and doing the little book thing. And like I would do it. I would read the scripture it said to read and think about the questions it said to think about. And then I was done. I didn't really understand much more than that. Mm. And I graduated um, high school and came into college knowing that I wanted to Um, find community and find a church home and I knew I kind of wanted to lean more towards non-denominational just because that's that's just where my heart was more Mm -hmm. than like the specific denominations and um, church top for a while I went to impact and that kind of helped and um, I tried out a few churches and then I actually tried out Antioch and was having a rough night the night before and I had to go to the early service, but I stayed up until like 4 a.m. and did not have the best time at Antioch because so I was like, this isn't for me. And then I went to, to Grace Anderson for a while gotcha. for the first semester and then a little bit into the second. Um, but I was still like just struggling. Um, Finding friends, community. Yeah. Be, yeah. And I would go to church and they'd be really nice people, but no one went out of their way to like talk to me. That might have just been my experience. I know everyone's is different, but... 
I didn't know anybody and I was I was going there for over a semester and at like during this time I was trying really yeah. hard to wake up and spend time with God whatever that meant for me yeah and I remember because I had a I had Bible as literature on Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays at 11 30 or something and I would wake up at nine which in my head was like so early <laughs> I was like I am doing awesome waking up <laughs> two hours before I have to like go anywhere hey and that's uncommon yeah so yeah, and I thought I was like the bee's knees by doing that. And so I would wake up and sort of pray, maybe journal. I had this book that was really awesome, honestly. And I would just read like a little portion of it, maybe read a little bit of the Bible. I think I was going through Mark. I think that was like one of the first things I like read through. And I would just read something in Mark and then that would be it. And that mm. just was kind of my quiet time and my time with God. And But I knew like there was more to yeah. understand and to know. And so after like Christmas break, came back, was still just like, God, I know there's more of you. I just don't know how to like reach that. And I was at this point, I started trying out Bible studies with the church and it's still like, I did, I just didn't have peace. And at the time I, I wouldn't have described it as that. Um, I just didn't, I didn't have the words to describe it, but, um, the Bible studies reminded me a lot of my high school Bible studies that me and my friends just started and tried to like run ourselves, which was, uh, <laughs> eh, it was, it was okay. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't know any different though. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is how it's supposed to be just like for me. And I found myself trying to like prove myself in this Bible study because I knew what they would read the next week. So we were going through the book of Hebrews. I joined like halfway through. I had never read the book of Hebrews before. And so I was like, I'm confused. I, I feel like less spiritual than these people mm. and I would go back to my dorm and read the next thing before like the Bible study because I knew what would be there and I'm like I'm writing all these notes like trying to <laughs> get seem... prepared for your test yes <laughs> honestly and they would ask questions that had right and wrong answers and that is something that I think I struggled with for a, a long time just being fearful of speaking up because I didn't want to be wrong and um that that I think I was in that Bible study for like only three weeks ish and yeah. still like just wasn't making friends. And so I talked to Morgan Lane and I knew she was going to Antioch. She always talked about her life groups and I was like, Hey, can I try one of your life groups? She's like, yes. And y'all, y'all were, y'all were friends in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. We, we started being friends like sophomore year when we started doing like the princessing stuff together, <laughs> like the Elsa and Anna <laughs> birthday party stuff. We were talking about that before <laughs> yeah. uh, we started this episode. Mm -hmm. Fun so. times. Oh, honestly, it was prime of my life. Um, but yeah, so I tried out a life group and immediately when I walked in the door, people were like, hi, like, who are you? What's your name? Like, tell me about you. And they would mm -hmm. just want to know me. And it was so different. And I've also also never worshipped during a Bible study, you know, whatever you want to call it. And we were singing songs I didn't know the words to. I was reading off the paper of like the songs. And I was just kind of praying and still just like, God, like, I, I don't know what to do i know there's more of you but i just don't know like what to do and then someone came over and asked to pray for me because god gave them a word i was like mm, okay you know that didn't have that was not normal for me either and yeah. she was just praying and speaking exactly what i was feeling and she said that she had god showed her a picture of me like in a cage like struggling to get out but saying that like god has opened the door and just wants you to walk out freely and i was like oh my gosh so I'm like crying and totally encountering god and then we like get into small groups and we're like praying like out loud which was 
crazy because I didn't really do that either. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it just it was so outside of my comfort zone, and so did that, and people prayed over me and all the things, and then we were reading somewhere maybe in Matthew when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet and there was no right or wrong answers. They would just say like, hey, like, what do you think about this? What is, how, how do you see God in this? Like, how do you, how do you apply this to yourself? How can you apply this to something else? Yes. And it would, I didn't like talk or anything, but I just remember it being so much, it felt more free to, mm. to uh, I don't know, exchange ideas and revelations yeah. and things that like you felt like God was saying through the word. And um, then naturally the small group leaders washed our feet because why what? not? And <laughs> prayed over us and washed our feet. And I was just like, we're doing the things for the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, what? that's amazing. That's crazy. And it's so, just like a, it's a wonderful sign of just servanthood. Yeah. It's like, you're going to, you're going to show someone that you probably haven't even known for that mm-hmm. long that, you know, I love when uh, grooms do it for their bride. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing because it's a, the wedding is a representation of Jesus to the church anyway. And just showing like, I mean, the groom just showing that, that act of servanthood, like, Hey, I care about you so much that I'm going to do something that the majority of people think is a gross thing. Mm -hmm. You know, even back then it was like washing people's feet was common, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, practice, but it was also like, you only do it for people that like you really care about because mm-hmm. your feet are dirty you know mm-hmm. you're wearing sandals all the time you're walking around in sandals. dirt and stuff <laughs> <laughs> but uh dude, yeah yeah so i almost called you dude too <laughs> she was talking before this podcast started she's like i need to stop saying dude all the time and, and bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so, much. so yeah so what what were you feeling like during that time like this is new to you yeah i i remember thinking that this was different and this is how it's supposed to be Mm. following Jesus. Like I was just like watching these people interact with me and each other and washing like our feet and praying and reading the Bible and just talking about it so openly and freely. And in my heart, I was like, this is what, this is what it's supposed to be like. And I went home back to my dorm that night and just was journaling like crazy. I was like, God, this is right. Like I am on, I feel so on fire with you. I was just so deeply encouraged by everything that I'd experienced just in that one, like two hour time slot, you know? And I woke up at six thirty, went to EMP the next morning, right? Literally right after a life group. And then went to church on Sunday and what's just, EMP? Right. <laughs> <laughs> EMP is early morning prayer. And we just met at a house at 630 in the morning and just prayed and intercede. And I, again, I, I did not like pray out loud at that yeah. time. So but that's even earlier than your nine o'clock. Yeah, I know. I was like on cloud nine. Early morning prayer. Not everybody knows all the uh, Christianese. Oh, the lingos. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't you, either. You forgetting about the switcher there, brother? That's the that's the first priority, Sean. <laughs> I've been. Love you, Caleb. Love didn't you, do Caleb. That at that moment. What's the switcher? Uh, it's this camera back and forth. So he'll go from this camera mm-hmm. to three, two, one. Your camera, boom. Now it's on you. <laughs> and then to the wide angle, you said there were some some issues, but right. uh, we'll see how it is. Boom. There it goes. Oh, I, I see what it's doing there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna take it off it auto like in a little a... bit. That's eh, all right. It's like. 
Bumping. It's vibing. We're going. <laughs> we're going out tonight. Going I'm making up the words to this song. Um, <laughs> but yes, please continue. Please continue. Early morning prayer was a thing, and I went to it, and never prayed out loud that often in my life. But that's what I did, and mm. was like I went back to my dorm right after that, spent time with God, and was like. God, this is crazy. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, I'm so encouraged yeah. and just like on fire for like what God did in my heart. Cause there was like, there was some kind of shift that happened. And I don't know if I really have the words to describe it, but whatever I was feeling like trapped and like, I couldn't move anywhere further than I was, I had gone way beyond that. And it was really, really a cool experience. How long did that take for you to just open up or, or feel comfortable being in this new environment with new people? Was it pretty fast um i think going from like not doing much like related to how like we would conduct life group and do the christiany thingies um taking that first step wasn't hard because i like wanted it so bad yeah but staying in that type of environment and getting used to like praying out loud often and not comparing yourself and not Mm. thinking of a prayer before you pray it getting ideas you know (laughs) and so yeah i think that first step was easy because i i just i was longing for it so much but like staying in this environment and learning and just how to like how to spend time with god what does that look like for different people and worshiping freely what does that look like for different people instead of like my hands are up people are looking at me i know they are but they're not you know i used to have that problem Mm -hmm. all the time because i'm a very observant person yeah i like can i i always joke around with my friends i'm like i can read your mind like it's pretty close uh (laughs) to like what people are thinking just body language and also just discernment of the spirit just like feel like some people call vibes nah bro that'd be so cool no no cia no cia but uh yeah it's like you're you're closing your eyes and you're like what is jim jimmy over there thinking about me you know it's like and then he's over like totally not paying attention to you at all no no see the the thing is what you learn about life in general is everybody is worried about what everybody else is thinking about them Mm -hmm. they're never worried about like what you're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's always okay what do people think of me mm-hmm. like it, if you're thinking that way and they're thinking that way then why should either of you be thinking that way yeah. because you're both thinking about yourself and that's that's a funny like you know principle right mm-hmm. it's like the more i found this in my walk the more i focus on my calling and, and our, our our calling as a church to love people and serve people and make disciples mm-hmm the less problems I have, the less sad I am, the yeah. less anxiety I have, yeah. the less worried I am yeah. about this thing because I'm going outside of myself and I'm mm-hmm. saying, you are more important than I am, mm-hmm. which is the wildest thing mm-hmm. that by worrying about someone else and caring for someone else to fix them up, you know, mm-hmm. however much we can as humans, right? Mm-hmm. To not fix them because nobody's a project, but just love them. Right we actually almost receive more love than they do sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird because we mm-hmm. think, oh, you got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're self-love. That's kind of what people preach these days, self-love, mm-hmm. self-care. It's like, no, 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 it's backwards. You have to care mm-hmm. for other people, yeah. and that is care for you, which is wild. 
Yeah, I was. I went home Monday to go get my dog, and I don't usually drive at night because I kind of think I have night blindness. <laughs> but I was kind of. I was driving through Houston in the dark, and I I know my way home. Like from from Houston to College Station, I'm like I got it. It's right. only like really three turns, but yeah. ish, and <laughs> uh, like three major ones. But I was in the car and it was getting dark, and I was like. And it was like a two-hour drive, so I was like, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm just going to get some time and just pray and, you know, like, receive, whatever. But I could not focus because Mm. I didn't know where I was. But, like, I was fine technically on, you know, I was going the right way. But I was like, I was just so worried about the things that were going on around me and what other people Mm. were doing if I had missed my exit. But I was like, God, I can't focus on you because I don't know where I am. And I was like, (laughs) as I had that thought, I was like, that seems like like a thought, you know, like right. a, something that seems significant of a thought. Yeah. So then I like pulled up my, my maps and I navigated to, to like to college station and I put it on my like little dock thing. It's like, okay, now I can focus on you because I know where I'm going. And so I feel like mm. in, in that, like relating to what you were talking about, being so worried about things that are going on around us, we can't focus on God when we're so like distracted by the things that are going on around us. If we're, when we don't know where we are in God and where he's taking us, like the direction we need to be walking with him, it's so much harder to focus on him yeah and some people do this comparison they're like i want god to be a gps but he's more Mm -hmm. of a compass right yeah he's more of a compass and like a map like those old like pirate treasure maps where Mm -hmm. you see it's like okay that's where i need to go in general but this is just a drawing Mm -hmm. like i just kind of know the little tick i kind of know where it's gonna end like (laughs) actually i do know where it's gonna end but this is kind of variable because you never really follow those little dashes Mm -hmm. you know whatever but the compass is 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 god because mm. he'll this holy spirit he'll lead you he, he's like uh, no uh. <laughs> you know you feel that and know that and if it's backed with scripture too you especially mm. know it when you align that like natural like discernment of like what is moral or what is immoral with okay this is factual like historical documentation that god placed here for us to follow mm-hmm. then those two things kind of make a synergistic effect, but mm-hmm. people still want, and I'm <clears throat> uh, guilty of this myself, a turn-by-turn navigation. Mm. Like, not just a direction, but turn-by-turn. Turn. Like, go left now. Go right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But how boring would that be? Because this is, uh, so, <clears throat> I, I don't know if she's watching right now, but uh, I am dating a girl. She's coming on the podcast. Uh, I hope so. Next Thursday, <laughs> it's the first podcast since we started dating. We did a podcast before we started. <laughs> um, yeah, she's amazing. Uh, but we, so I always like try to plan stuff out mm-hmm. and like dates and whatnot mm-hmm. because I want to like have extravagant adventures that are super fun. Mm-hmm. But what turns out to happen is like we're w- once we get to the first place, and we just finally decide to just throw our plans away and just kind of drive somewhere with no GPS and just drive. Mm-hmm. Um, we always find something we would have never found right. otherwise. And it's so fun and adventurous. Mm-hmm. But I think what GPS do is they make you take the highway that everybody else takes. Mm-hmm. They make you take the boring, like it might get you there faster. The, actually, the GPS will take you the fastest way because mm-hmm. that's what they're programmed to do. Unless you turn off highways, which I, I have off on mine because I want to take back roads. Like right. literally all through College Station, 
I try to stay on back roads as much as possible mm. because I figure we're driving most of our lives, right? There's a good chunk of our lives we will be in a car. Mm-hmm. So might as well enjoy that time. Like if you're flying down the street, you're only getting there maybe like 10 minutes faster anyway. Yeah. And if you hate that and you're in traffic and you could go back roads and get there maybe 15 minutes slower, then it's much more worth it. So I think that's kind of a, like that's probably why God doesn't give us a GPS because think about how boring it would be if we had no uncertainty. Yeah. And I think that shows the importance of the process. So mm. we want to, and I'm guilty of this too, we want to get everywhere we need to go immediately. We And it's kind of our American culture where everything has to be given to us now. It's like a almost drive-through Christianity. Yeah. And um, with God, he wants to take us through this process that's called life. Mm. He wants to, if, I'm going to mix my metaphors. He wants to hand us puzzle pieces and we put them in and it doesn't all have to make sense at the time. Yeah. And that there's beauty in that and a purpose in that. Yeah. But we can't appreciate that if we're too busy trapped in, okay, I need to get where I want to go immediately. Yeah. I'm personally uh, guilty of that (laughs) in regards to the uh, Bible study actually. Okay. Because I'm like, oh, all of this is so interesting. I want to be able to actually know all of it right now. Right. I want to ha- take everything that he wants to teach us and have it in my brain at this yeah. very moment. Yeah. But well, there's a beauty in the process. Well, that's why yeah. Josh is so wise because he doesn't give it to us all at <laughs> once. And then like no. you'll go, but you'll get a bomb dropped on you yeah. every single Bible study. Like he'll just be like, oh. Here's a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> You're like... My whole existence. I have to wait till next week. <laughs> but it slowly builds on the foundation. No, what, what you're saying, Caleb, like using one of Josh's analogies, which I love how we just take his analogies. We would love if we just took them. Uh, have you had him on a podcast? No, I keep asking him. Mm-hmm. I, he, I, I, hey, Josh, if you're watching this, come on, man. We're going to see you tonight. Let's go, brother. <laughs> I, I need you on here. I need you on here. Uh <laughs> But he, he's, you're constri- when you're reading the Bible and understanding the Bible and studying the Bible, like in Josh's Bible study, you're getting the box top. Like that's how mm-hmm. he makes that analogy all the time where you, if, if you don't, if you're trying to put a puzzle together and you don't have the box top, it's a t- whole lot harder. Yeah. And so not only harder, what if we got a different box top? Oh what if we saw a different one, which is many... What many Christians do, they don't have a true biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. They have a Western worldview, and they read that into the scriptures, which is. So this podcast is also about dating. <gasps> what? Right? Wow. Yeah. That was an amazing <laughs> transition. Amazing <laughs> transition. I, I just. Here, I, I got a transition for you. Okay. I was thinking about this recently okay. uh, with dating and the things that we learned in this Bible study and mm. how important it is to me to like date somebody and like eventually marry somebody who is on the same Mm. level with me on this stuff, like being equally yoked in this area. Because like we were talking about earlier, there's a lot just isn't like American Christians were missing from the Bible. But whenever like we have this opportunity and now we're like, our eyes are like being peeled open. Like, wow, we're missing so much. Like this stuff is actually like so important. It's really important to me now, you know, because it just like of the weight of it. And so, like, I really just desire, and I was thinking about it, like, this week, honestly, that whoever 
I am seriously dating, they will have to go through this Bible study with me. <laughs> it's a requirement. It is. It's a non-negotiable now. It's added to the list. No, I've been trying to get Hope to go to it for a while. She she does want to. She's very busy and involved mm-hmm. as well. But she loves hearing mm-hmm. about it. You know, like I you know I think for me a non-negotiable is like being opening open to learning and being curious and wanting mm-hmm. to learn more like obviously each probably each one of us in that bible study has a different understanding like mm-hmm. i get obsessive so i go through all of fai's bible studies and multiple times mm-hmm. and then i'm watching all different types of youtube videos i'm looking into different concepts like is it biblical to get tattoos like mm-hmm. all of these things and and so like <clears throat> that could cause me to know more but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean unequally yoked in the mm-hmm. in your relationship with god because like in many ways hope doesn't necessarily know all of these things about mm-hmm. jewish eschatology and, and the the full biblical narrative mm-hmm. but a lot of ways she has pushed me way higher in my faith and so it's just like this balancing act Mm -hmm. it's like you know what we're really looking for in someone that Mm -hmm. will not you're not a broken person you are broken Mm -hmm. but you're not you don't need another person to complete you You need Mm -hmm. jesus to complete you but what that person is meant to do is push you higher more towards the source that will heal you yeah. You know, it's like if if you start dating someone and they start pulling you away from and say, hey, look at me, look at me. Come on, come on. <laughs> you know, it's like you're in you're in, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because what all they're doing is pulling you away from the source of um, of healing, of mm-hmm. the source of life, the source that we run on, the source that our soul longs for the meaning, the purpose uh, does. That doesn't mean you're not going to fall short sometimes Mm -hmm. and not focus on god fully because i've definitely done that but always turn back towards that and know that you have Mm -hmm. to have these principles in in Mm -hmm. your mind but i don't know (laughs) i kind (laughs) of started rambling well Um, when i think about like the meaning of being equally yoked like obviously i get the the metaphor with like the donkeys and the the Mm -hmm. yoke yes Um, it's not talking about eggs found that out that's one of the things right (laughs) not i'd say probably most christians don't even know what that means i'd probably say most i I don't know at least 50 percent bro bro (laughs) but yes so like being equally yoked i think it can also mean just being in agreement on a lot of topics like Mm. politically not not even just limited to like spiritual level whatever that even means but like agree on political stuff how you choose to raise your kids like how you handle Santa, you know, like things like that, I think in all encompasses being equally yoked, just mm. being in agreement on the same level together and being able to like, like see each other's perspective and be eye to eye on that. So like when I talk about this Bible study, that's kind of like what I want because right. I, the our hope is in Jesus coming back. And I think a lot of like modern Christianity can think about the hope, just having a relationship with God mm. and that being like, the the ceiling of it but really there's a lot more to like have hope in and so whenever if i'm like married and things are like really hard either in the world or just in like life i want to have somebody they'll be like hey there's hope because of this you know and so i feel like you we learn a lot about that in this bible study and i i mean 
I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not like you have to go to this Bible study to date me, but like being agreeance on these topics you is to like to what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caleb just doesn't switch the cameras. I've been. He's slacking. I was. It was on her the entire time. Caleb's but I started talking. talking and you know, <laughs> no, you weren't. You, I didn't talk. You said a word. <laughs> Caleb, you're doing really great. I was about to switch to you. You're doing good. Sorry, I'm giving a hard time today. How dare the, you? I'm deeply key, offended well, and I'm quitting. You know, the <laughs> I, I took a, a class in, in broadcasting actually at the TV station down here. Hmm. And the way he taught us was prepare for the next person to talk. So you can immediately switch it when mm-hmm. they talk. It's actually my fault because <laughs> I just say like Caleb just comes in here and he's such so helpful, and I'm just like let's go and I just <laughs> assume people like know the same things mm-hmm. I do. Um, so sorry about that, Caleb. No, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm embarrassing myself. On here, but no, it's it's honestly my fault. I I need to uh, lead better, but. Uh, yeah, so that that's that's interesting. So, do you what do you feel like the culture is at your church like with dating and like does that has it jived with you? Do you think it's been good wisdom, bad wisdom? Like where do you kind of fall in that? I I agree with a lot of what they talk about with boundaries, just dating wisely and just in ways that honor God because I never like, would have even considered certain boundaries you know in dating just like in high school i'm like i don't know like (laughs) i just it just wasn't even a thought it wasn't a concern and now like learning and receiving a bunch of wisdom from people that have gone through it and people who are married or who are currently walking through dating and learning from them about how like what worked and what didn't what was like really healthy for them and what wasn't i like i like take all this i'm like this is like really good information (laughs) and I really like a lot of it. I mean, some of it obviously it gets different for each person of what the Holy Spirit convicts you of with boundaries or how you like operate with in your relationship. But I think it's been really helpful and really healthy to hear a lot of different perspectives from it. Yeah. 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 Cause I just, you know, I think there's a lot of like healthy wisdom all over. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes people can try to create a formula Mm-hmm. But I think that's the reason the Bible doesn't necessarily have, like, a whole lot on, like, because da- obviously in the historical context, dating wasn't the same right. and stuff like that. But God has insight. He knows what's what's mm-hmm. coming, what the cultural changes will be. I just, I think it's just so different for everybody. Yeah. Like, personally, there's, like, this video uh, of the porch uh, from the church, the porch. Mm-hmm. Is it a church or is it? It's 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 watermark. I watermark think, in yeah. Dallas. And this guy, I wish we could play. It. JP. Hey, oh, this uh, this video is so hard to find. Never, it's gonna take forever to find. But uh, essentially, it's like a little like because he's doing a dating series, mm-hmm. and it's a <laughs> it's a little like skit before it, and they mm-hmm. like filmed like this guy, and he's like on a date mm-hmm. with a girl, and he's like, he's like. I want to be intentional, not intense, but intentional. I got boundaries. I want to, I want to put your, your, put your heart in a cage and lock it up and put it away. Like, like I'm, you know, I am like Boaz and, and you're my Ruth, like, like all this <laughs> stuff. And this girl is just like, 
and then it like the angle widens out because you're just seeing their head at first and then he's she's like uh i just wanted to know what your coffee order was because <laughs> she's the barista <laughs> at the coffee shop oh my God. <laughs> and he's like oh uh, yeah uh, oh <laughs> caramel frappiato with extra whip <laughs> it's just like a really funny skit uh we'll find it one day but uh it was just like and i showed hope that she's like i'm so glad that you weren't like and i told her how like we're like as men because i guess they split us up right how like as men were instructed at Antioch to like mm. go about it like the first things first is I always like, wondered what they told y'all whenever well, we separated. I don't know if this is even a, like supposed to be allowed or whatever but <laughs> <clears throat> like this idea of like the first thing you do is you immediately walk up and you say I want to take you on a date. We're going to go on a date, which I think clarity's great, mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like how do you, like like what if you just want to like not put so much pressure on it Mm -hmm. like get clarity after a couple dates like Mm -hmm. like or you know it's different for everybody that's Mm -hmm. why i said i've done plenty where i'm like intentional but for hope and i I was just like hey i want to go on hikes with you i like Mm -hmm. doing this i'm i'm gonna go do this let's let's go do it together Mm -hmm. and like neither one of us were like intentionally like hey i'm pursuing this person Mm -hmm. it was just like i want to get to know what this person's all about and i to me that made it a lot more beautiful because it was like no strings attached it wasn't like we're trying to figure each other out we're like checking off boxes and Mm -hmm. stuff it was more of just like hey this is what i like to do and i want to invite you into this and if you like that too then that's pretty cool yeah and then we'll grow to a point where it's like okay i have the discernment i need to be more intentional Mm -hmm. i'm gonna ask you to be my girlfriend that's how it was so yeah i think it's different for each girl Mm -hmm. um for me personally i would need like more clarity it i mean you don't have to be like i'm gonna take you on a date but like (laughs) like if he was like i am like let's go on hikes together Mm -hmm. i would need clarity of what that meant so you'd be thinking into every scenario and you'd be like like, does he like me does he does he not like me does i don't understand you know yeah. <laughs> so like he would have to just clarify whether he was whether he knew what he was feeling or not i'm not like a super feeling person like you don't have to like break down your feelings for me or anything sure. but like just let me know where you are and yeah. that would that would save my heart a lot of uh, confusion and like yeah. mind reeling um to like from happening and even just like just like a t- just give me like a little yeah. bit of like where you are you know you, if you don't want to call it a date okay but just let me know what we're doing <laughs> so do you believe in the one no i, I think is it because you didn't believe it already or was it because culture at the church um, got you to believe otherwise yeah i mean that's a good question i don't think i really really thought about the one i think growing up i'm like yeah i'll marry someone like i don't know who they are but i like i, knew, I just kind of knew i'd marry someone yeah but i don't think i ever was like i can't wait to meet the one you know um but since like being in college and like listening to other podcasts or sermons, I've I've developed more of an opinion on it. Just that you might have multiple ones, mm. you know. And I, I was listening to this one pretty recently, and it might have been like a JP from the porch talking about his him and his wife saying like, "Is there someone better than my wife that might be suited for me better?" Hundred <laughs> percent. And, <laughs> and he was saying it's the same horrible. for his wife. Is there is there a man that is more compatible with her? Absolutely. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, compatible. that's yeah. And she's like, that makes total sense, yeah. you know. But it's it's just about choosing and st- like yeah. ch- choosing to love that person, you know. I think that's one of the biggest things. Is like when you talk about one of the most misunderstood things, and, and 
in culture, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe even in the church, but I, I, I don't believe so. I think this is something most Christians do pretty good is, uh, or pretty well. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty well <laughs> is, uh, and maybe they don't, but <clears throat> I know it took me a long time to fully understand what the marriage covenant was and why it was important, why it was made that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> like C.S. Lewis breaks it down like a freaking, I mean, C.S. Lewis is a G, right? <laughs> but he literally like describes it. He's like, if the covenantal marriage, if your vows, if your like marriage in general was based upon whether you feel in love or not, then there's no point for you to make a covenantal agreement mm-hmm. because there's no point. Like, mm-hmm. unless there's like a little fine print, unless I don't love you anymore, then I fully am able. That's not mm-hmm. a covenant. A covenant is something that you're going to keep your promise regardless. And it's like, hey, I promised to basically love you until until death does us part. Mm-hmm. That's what they says. Like, until death does us part. And yes, there is circumstances to where it's biblically okay to mm-hmm. get a divorce, but those are very far and few in between. Mm-hmm. Um, the two examples are physical abuse and adultery, cheating on your spouse. Mm-hmm. That's those two things are in the Bible. Seems see, go double check because not everything I say is always correct, <laughs> but uh, seem to be. A, a way out so mm-hmm. if you want to get out of your man no but <laughs> here's the way you have to do it. no uh but yeah what, what do you think on that because do you feel like people are too focused on many times the the emotion the feeling what this you know person make like mm, i don't know yeah uh yeah i definitely think that especially just as not even just the christian atmosphere but anyone i yeah. think can get very entangled in the feelings and like well i don't i don't feel in in love with them like what what does that even mean to yeah. be in love with them like no you just like them a lot you know and you're having a physical chemical reaction to their presence with you yeah. and so like love <clears throat> especially in a biblical sense is not an emotion or a feeling or a chemical reaction it's a choice it's an action that you have to take mm-hmm. and so i definitely think that a lot of times you can get distracted in the emotions and the feelings but yeah since like being in college and like learning more about like the biblical meaning of marriage it it makes much more sense that it would be a choice and not a feeling yeah i you know if we're still talking about like the the one i don't necessarily think that i think it could be both like they're both is and they're both isn't right you know kind of like how god has a path for you has mm-hmm. an ideal way like obviously he knows like what the best way what the path is the fullness of joy in your mm-hmm. life he knows that right. he knows what that path is and he knows you know how to guide you there mm-hmm. um but you don't have to choose right to take it and similar i don't think it's like this because we we really we're humans trying to understand god things right and we're like but what if bill marries jimmy and they're or no no not bill and jimmy. <laughs> Jen, Jen marries bill <laughs> Oh hey, boy! Happen, oh boy! Uh, and and that's not the right thing. They're not the one, and so everybody's one's messed up. Mm. And I think we think about it too basic. Like mm. we're like, oh, like that's not. I, I don't think. But I think I think yeah. God can have someone in mind for you. Like, yes. hey, I actually, he'd be really great for you. Like, if you if you track with me, 
I think I think I'm gonna set you guys up, <laughs> you know, having that yeah. kind of mindset. Well, because he's an active participant. I think right. people think of God as like this all like okay everything. No, mm-hmm. he's like so excited mm-hmm. for the stories of our lives to play out, and he's like there. He <clears throat> plays a similar role as that humans do. Like the definition of power is the ability to. Um, the ability to change something based upon your will. Mm-hmm. So I, if I will something to happen, it'll happen. Like, mm-hmm. so I have power to pick up that lamp over there mm-hmm. because I can, be, through my will, I can go and pick it up. Mm-hmm. God is similar in the sense that He has things that He wants to set up for us. Mm-hmm. He's just much pa- more powerful. Like He has choices in the matter. He's just much more powerful with those mm-hmm. choices. He can. Like, we can only control us, but he can influence everybody in our lives mm-hmm. to move a certain way and open up doors for us to walk through. Within the context of free will, of course. Right. Yes. Yeah, I don't think the two contradict each other yeah. at all. I know. I just yeah. wanted to specify that yes. because some people can say, like, oh, you're saying that God is forcing everyone to do these things. Yeah. But it's actually like a more complexity. Well, yeah, that's not that's exactly what I'm not saying. Yeah. Like, because it's not that God is controlling everything. God interacts the same way we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like or different ways than we do, but like in the same manner of like deciding to do something. He just has more ability to do things right. and set things Especially out. Especially if you like want what God wants. Yeah. Then he's like, Yeah, I'll give you what I want if you want what I want, you know? Well, and <laughs> he'll give you what you want even if it's not him sometimes and it'll leave lead to your destruction it's called hardening your heart yeah right? he did it to pharaoh he's done mm. it to the jewish people he does it to other people and it's yeah. like oh well isn't that against free will and it's like no, no because you wanted that yeah <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um what, what were we talking about before this biblical marriage yeah <laughs> and the one mm-hmm. so you don't think there's a one at all but I, you think that there could be people that he's like, because wh- what it felt like for me was like, I'm pretty sure Hope's the one. We don't know for sure, but pretty sure. You track him out. But like <laughs> it, the one now, because we're mm-hmm. like, she wasn't just, I don't know. I, I, I joke with her that I had, when I was a kid, I had dreams that she was the, the little girl in my dream. Never mind. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it felt like, my both her willingness to give up on the search mm. like the 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 willing it for ourselves oh, i'm gonna find the right person mm-hmm. and to say god i give up mm-hmm. i'm just gonna wait i'm just gonna focus on you mm-hmm. i am not gonna try to find i'm not gonna survey people <laughs> you know i'm not gonna search instagram or twitter sphere facebook whatever it is and like imagine well what if inside into the dms or whatever we do these days swipe Mm -hmm. left and right i'm going to turn my heart towards you and i'm actually going to do it because i think sometimes we're like god i'm not looking i'm not looking god (laughs) like i'm praying to you i'm not looking "Mm." well and not only that but i think it's almost like we think we know what we want and think we know what we need but God actually knows our hearts and what we actually need. Um, yeah. Like when I was little, I wanted 
a um, a girl that was essentially exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like, okay. Looked like you too, right? Yeah, well, I don't know about <laughs> that one. Keep up the blonde. <laughs> I don't really necessarily care about that. But what I was like, oh, I want someone who is introverted like yeah. me and does this and this and this. But, I mean, if I... Um, if I married yeah. a girl that was exactly like me, um, well, for one, we would never do anything. We wouldn't talk very much, and um, <laughs> it would be very boring. Boring. <laughs> and we need someone that isn't exact opposite of us because we need to be equally yoked, but we mm-hmm. need someone who complements our needs and God uses as, to fill a role in our life. Mm-hmm. Spot on. The perfect combination of likes and dislikes. <laughs> Differences. Yes. Yeah. It's like the puzzle piece, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never like imagine if a whole puzzle was just all like just square pieces with no like little cutouts. Oh, rough time. <laughs> I guess that's the jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? I don't know. Well, no. <laughs> no, no, jigsaws are the yeah. Yeah. What's the, I don't know. I don't what are the ones where you slide things around? I hate those. Like a Chinese puzzle box. <laughs> yeah. maybe? Well, like it's all like you can't take the pieces out. You just have to slide uh, them. And you have yeah, to I know what you're talking about, but I have no <laughs> idea what they're called. I was thinking yeah. recently about. Uh, sorry, I'll talk yeah. into the mic. Um, <laughs> thinking about who I would like, not who, but like the type of guy I would hope to date or marry one yeah. day. And I was talking to a friend that I desire someone who brings out more of like my seriousness which sounds weird no but i can i can be like silly and goofy and weird at the drop of a hat i don't need anyone to hype me up i don't even need anyone else around me to be doing the same things as me but i can be like goofy you know like at any moment but it's it's a lot harder for me to be serious and like have mature conversations and so i i really desire someone that will bring more of that out in me rather Mm. than like my crazy side <laughs> not like crazy like in a bad way but like silly yeah. <laughs> well and you can bring out their crazy side yeah see like it's being just having that balance you know like like you were saying i think it it just also brings out other like what's the word i'm looking for just more of god in yeah. you you know that you wouldn't have otherwise like been able to produce you know yeah and i i feel like you're weird <laughs> <laughs> so it's like and i'm weird and like Hope and I talk about this all the time. She's weird. I'm weird. Like, and there's like cool attributes about being weird. I hope so. But <laughs> one of the like the most things is like everybody seems to seek to want to be someone else and like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you just seek to like f- to form yourself into something that everybody likes. Mm-hmm then you'll never find what you truly like mm-hmm. because you're just, you're forming to people and yeah. things and, you know. Um, so what has, like, I mean, you, you've kind of prefaced a little bit before <laughs> this, but, like, what has your experience been so far, like, with the, the search, I guess, you know, or the, what is that, <laughs> what is that like on the, the female side of things? I'm sure it's, like, way different than guys. I know it is because guys thinking completely different and <laughs> we were talking about this recently they also think girls think different like they think girls think different than what they're thinking every single time we're wrong most of the time most of the time <laughs> um or what they care about you know it's like, a rough oh. time that's 
that's how I could sum it up. It's a rough time. <laughs> Just in that, like, it feels like as women of God, yeah. not that it's impossible or that it's not allowed, but it feels like you can't do anything. Mm. You can't go up and approach a guy that maybe you're interested in and say, hey, I like you. Like, I would go on a date if you asked me you know that's like not the norm and we've been taught mm. for so long just at, like in the like in the church that the man leads if he doesn't initiate that first time he fails the first test like that's the first red flag that you need to be looking for and so like as a woman of god you you feel like you can't do anything yeah. and you also don't want to scare the guy because they're like <laughs> yeah. I actually i don't know what goes through all no head, no but for sure i this is just me assuming that y'all would be like that I, I don't know how to respond you know i think i think this is the thing if <laughs> it just depends like <laughs> that's why i think maybe the, like the let's go on a hike thing is mm-hmm. maybe effective i don't know but that's if the guy initiates yeah. i guess i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if i would go out of my way to ask a guy on a hike i don't know i feel like that that's weird you know? <laughs> <laughs> i feel like they'd be like oh why can i bring my can i bring my roommate you know i just feel like that's what would happen maybe you're asking the wrong guys i'm not asking any guys <laughs> just to clarify <laughs> but She's asking all the guys did, oh. oh yeah i got a Bro. list of them burn caleb's caleb with the burns caleb's got some serious good burns sometimes it's usually not intentional <laughs> i know it's never intentional that's what makes them so good <laughs> um so if you could just like tell guys one thing, like Christian dudes, because we're not even talking about the world. The world's insane. Right. One like little tip, like what what would you want them to know? If if you like her, just approach her. Mm. <laughs> or if you even have like the slightest crinkle, I don't know if you guys are in with the lingo of the female <laughs> species, but I mean my friends will talk about. Uh, like level of like in a guy like you'll you have like a crease and then a crinkle mm. and then never heard <laughs> and of that no yeah okay. we've never heard of that oh, okay <laughs> but it, it like like little like just like how to describe you you know the level yeah. that you're feeling and i don't remember my point in the, see oh, with guys but, it's either on or off yeah i know yes or no <laughs> I know. <laughs> for girls there's so much middle ground happening like mm. well it's like i have like a little crease like a little crinkle, you know? And so, I mean, I guess it might be more difficult for guys to assess if they have like a small interest or like a crinkle for a girl that they don't really even know. But yeah. if you do, if you like are attracted or you're, it, she catches your eye, just talk to her yeah. and just be bold, you know? And well, if, I was talking to one of my girlfriend's roommates mm-hmm. the other day and she was saying she doesn't even like find she she's a strong christian she doesn't find guys attractive that she doesn't know really so she has (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i agree i want someone that i know that i'm friends with that i trust yeah i go back and forth because i get like knowing them it's like it it makes it easier to just trust them you know but if someone comes up to you that you don't know and asks you on a date and it's just it's just a a longer process to getting to that point it's an adrenaline rush but (laughs) but also like um i feel like it it, in some ways it might be easier to go from not knowing somebody to dating them rather than being friends with somebody and then dating them i mean it's just you know it just depends um on like the people but 
I don't know. I go back and forth because I see it like yeah. I and see to, pros and cons. And to both. be honest with my girlfriend, I was interested in her already. Like I was, but I was like I was in this time period of like I was fed up. Like me too. I was just <laughs> like, okay, I'm fed up with myself. I'm not fed up with you, God. I'm fed up with myself. Like I'm being a dummy. I just want to pursue you. I want to go to singleness. I want to just focus on you. Mm-hmm. And then when she kind of like popped up, it's crazy how it happens. It's just like I talk talk about jungle puzzles, like a little inside joke, like jungle puzzles. You know how like they're like the stone things and they turn and it mm-hmm. locks and then the door opens. Jungle puzzle. Like it's like a jungle puzzle. Like you. We're finally, talking a lot about puzzles tonight. Yeah, you oh. finally just in the place, mm-hmm. and then ping, there you go. And it's like all God wanted. He's like. I only wanted you to understand that you only need me. Mm-hmm. You don't need anybody except me. Yeah, like that's all you need. Yes, I I built you for, like, when you look at Adam and Eve, like it's not good for a man to be alone. Like, mm-hmm. he built us for for the opposite species, right? Mm-hmm. For the opposite gender. Like, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> what species. even is it this these I days? Don't you know. know? Uh, yeah. yeah. Recently, I've I've developed these terms to describe what I'm doing, and so I'm single. And you know, some pe- sometimes people will say, "Oh, I'm in a season of singleness." <laughs> you know, like God God spoke to me and said, "I'm going to be single for a year," and so that's what I'm going to do. I don't but like that. yeah, so <laughs> my the terms that I've crafted is that I am actively single, mm-hmm. and so it it holds it with much more open hands and like what that really means for me just like what i'm doing is just doing the things with the bible you know it's like because if you you put a label on it like i'm single for a year and then like it puts a cap on what god can do god's like trying to (laughs) introduce you to yeah no no and like what happens if you're a girl like saying this but a guy wants to pursue you but he's a man of god you know like why would you say no when there's this opportunity you know to to meet somebody and to like go on dates to be and be pursued in like a really godly and holy way so I am actively single right now, and so I'm just doing the things of the Bible. I'm I'm showing up to church. I'm serving. I'm finding community. I'm spending time with God. I'm being mentored, you know, so I'm, like, really trying to plug into all these things that might slowly get more difficult as I uh, maybe enter into a relationship, you know? I, I, already, I already have one in mind. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to match her up so hard. I've been mean, I mean, telling her, like, every time I see her, I'm like, hey, my friend... I receive. I won't. I won't. I won't add him on the podcast, but <laughs> he's a cool guy. My parents met on a blind date. Fun fact. Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not opposed. But uh, Caleb, do you want to kind of touch on this topic a little bit? Because I know, um, you know, a, a good bit before we started this podcast, or started, it brought you onto the podcast. You were in a like a long term relationship, and you started youth leading, and just God was speaking a lot to you. You were learning a lot and seeing a lot. Do you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, of course. Um, so one, I talk a lot about this in a previous podcast that we've done, so you guys can check that one out. Um, Link it below. Yes, <laughs> but um, essentially, um, I started dating a girl. I dated her for almost five years, um, and be honest um she told me that she liked me before um i said anything that's bold (laughs) 
And <laughs> I, I was uh, honestly okay with that because I'm not the wanting to take charge guy. <laughs> but um, no way. I'm gonna save a question about that for later. Okay. I have, I have a question. We'll we'll, we'll loop back to <laughs> okay. that. Okay. But um, essentially, our relationship became me trying to fix her and her need thinking she almost needed someone to fix her mm -hmm. and so we both were each other's gods mm -hmm. and so i've got a lot of dating advice on how to keep a girl when it's a very unhealthy relationship <laughs> um which is essentially apologize for everything make everything your fault and mm. um just really just put her at the center of your life and put everything else second or third or fourth. I, I feel like that's what like worldly dating books tells you to do. Yeah. Like you need yeah. to fulfill their needs. Right. If they're not fulfilling your needs, you break up with him. <laughs> I'm telling you, you break up with him. If he's not the kind of man that can <laughs> be your god <laughs> well, your impression of a girl <laughs> no it's like about a feminist dating coach yeah. uh, <laughs> well, and that's the thing what I learned was it's not two halves making a whole it's two holes coming together as one yeah. because Amen. we are supposed to be whole in Christ with mm -hmm. him fulfilling our needs him fulfilling our um, our struggles and our flaws and everything and then having another person come alongside us and we us living life together yeah. and going through things together and sharpening each other. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, mm. That's not what I had. And um, I it was like breaking up with her was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do because yeah. I'm not confrontational. Mm. We'd been dating for almost five years. Um, and I just knew that it was going to be very, very hard on her. Yeah. And that hurt me. Yeah. Because she was, in a way, my God. I mm. had to fix her. I had to fulfill her needs. And knowing that I wouldn't be doing that was hard. Mm -hmm. And that's a, especially for where you're at with your life, that's a super, that's a long time. Right. Mm. Five years? That's yeah. A, that's a long time. Um, so that was very hard, but... Um, the same night I broke up with her, I saw a t God move in a ton of ways, restoring a lot of relationships that had mm -hmm. kind of lo I'd kind of lost. And then the next day, I was just like absolutely slain in the spirit. Wow. Um, and actually, the next day, I had to preach a sermon at a youth fall retreat, <laughs> <laughs> which was an interesting experience, how that all worked out. But... Um, God really used that time in my life to help me grow, to show me who he is, show me what my identity is. And but after that it was kind of like I didn't really want to date because yeah. it was so exhausting, so mm -hmm. draining and I knew that I didn't want to enter another codependent relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that that was possible that that would happen. So th I guess this is a question for both both of you like what is the best way to know or like balance because there is some like okay like i like to be around this person mm -hmm. and then there's i need to be around this person mm -hmm. how do you like determine the difference i think just prayerfully mm. you know especially like as followers of jesus if you're entering into a potential covenant yeah. you you need to be so prayerful 
at yeah. every single step. You know, don't just bypass little things. You no, know, ask God about them because yeah. they're probably important. The little things build up. So I think you should be way ahead of it, knowing if you're feeling the need for this person or the like, just, just wanting to know them and like work together to for a common purpose, at, like for marriage. Mm. So yeah, just prayerfully. And not only that, I think that um, we need to just come to God and also let him search our hearts mm-hmm. because... Um, like David. Yeah, and like I could, very recently, I, could, I can feel myself um, being more excited about the possibility of dating. And I can, like I used to be such a romantic <laughs> and then about like a year before I broke up with her... Um, to pretty recently, I was just like, ugh. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, like, for example, um, hearing about you and Hope and your relationship and uh, other people, um, it just started making me feel really excited again. <laughs> and, like, it just reminded me that I'm a huge romantic. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to read Christian romance novels. Did you ever read uh, Francine Rivers? Yes, she's good. Oh, she's Francine so good. Rivers and Karen Kingsbury are awesome. <laughs> um, and it's just, I if I had started dating someone right after I broke up with the girl I was dating, it wouldn't have been healthy. It would have started another relationship that wasn't healthy, and I wouldn't have been able to grow. Mm. But now I've grown a lot, and I'm still growing until God bring someone else into my life, but I can feel myself starting to be more ready. Yeah, I I think also, too, it's like, don't try to get ready for it. Just let it happen. Yeah. It's the process. God's going to know when you're ready, but you're only going to be ready when you start focusing on Him and not if you're ready or not. Right. You know, it's like, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. And it honestly surprised me when I was ready again because I hadn't been preparing for it. I hadn't been trying to figure it out because I was just like, I don't want to. So do you feel right like now. you're ready right now? Um, I don't know. And <laughs> more ready than I was. And yeah. if God put, put someone in my life, I'd probably pursue it. Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching, <laughs> <laughs> if you like romance novels, Christian romance novels, yes. I got yourself a guy. So yeah, I'm a matchmaker. All right. Well, if this podcast leads to a relationship, I'll make sure to uh, thank you. <laughs> it did for me. You can officially <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Well, Katie, I want to like, just kind of walk into like, okay, so you, you kind of mentioned it briefly, but what are some practical things that you're doing right now that are like, keeping you sane because obviously you're like you're like okay i'm interested i want like guys Mm -hmm. or a guy to like be intentional Mm -hmm. you know but you know what what are you doing to be like content currently Mm -hmm. like practical like if someone's in the same position as you like what Mm -hmm. what can they do yeah that's a good question um i like i said i it's been a conversation with God about like my singleness and like what to do with it because I don't want to waste my time. And mm. uh, I had a friend recently talk to me. She like had this word that like God revealed stuff to her and then she shared it with me because she thought it like I needed it too. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I don't know how biblical it is, but it sounds really cool. So I'll, I'll share it. So she said that God was uh, just sharing 
like speaking a lot to her through Christmas and just like Christmas things. It's like, it's really exciting. It's really happy. And just like the season of Christmas. And, um, when you think about Christmas, it comes every year, December 25th, right? Every year you can count on it. It's coming. And, but that, that day, like Christmas day, isn't even necessarily the most exciting part about Christmas. It's the days leading up to Mm. it. It's the preparation. It's the decorating. It's putting up your tree, like putting Christmas lights up and giving gifts and receiving and just being with people and just enjoying that season. And that's kind of like with dating God, I don't know how true this is, but God might have like a specific day where your future spouse is going to ask you on that first date. But it's up to you what you do between now and then, you know? And so when she said that, I was like, yeah, that, that, that like resonates with me of like what I'm doing. I'm not wasting my time right now. I'm not like longing for this thing that honestly isn't promised. It's like, it's biblical, but it's not promised for me. Um, but so I'm doing the things that the Bible talks about. I am really seeking the Lord. I'm processing through things. I, I went, I tried out a couple of young adult life groups, which were really outside my comfort zone and had to process that. And so I'm like journaling almost every single day. And I tried, uh, or I reached out to, um, for someone to mentor me, which was really scary for me. Like she, I didn't have her number. We've had one conversation in our entire life. And that was like at revive and, so like reaching out to her and she's like a mom of four kids. So like, I was like, she doesn't even have time for me. Like it's not a big deal. But like, I really like, I felt like God put her on my heart to ask her and reach her, reach out to her because I really wanted to learn from someone that who was in the places that I wanted to be in. And so I like, I <laughs> put in my notes, I wrote out this whole, whole long spiel of like why, like why I was contacting her. And that was really scary for me and like nerve wracking. And so like, processing that with God and serving at the church like I God's been telling me to do kingdom kids since like freshman year but I've just been a chicken I don't know why because I've Have literally you started it yet yeah no, I love nice. it it's awesome oh that my was gosh. my favorite thing to do I'm thriving doing that because my major is education so I'm like I'm getting all this experience like working with kids but anyways what, what room are you in uh the first through sixth first through sixth. Oh. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> uh, I wrangled them so really? well. Yeah, wow. I, I, I'm in you're, education class. You're more brave than me. I like the kindergartners. <laughs> They're sweet. Yeah. I like usually. Okay, so one of the things that I was like anxious about yeah. was doing Kingdom Kids because I can, I can hang out with the babies, the one year, like the three year olds, no problem. We get along great. That's my <laughs> comfort zone. I can just talk, have long conversations with them. They're just talking about who knows what. But yeah. like, it's so easy for me to like work with younger kids and but like as an education major I'm like well I I want I might be teaching sixth grade science it's just something that I've been interested in I'm like but I need to know how to talk to sixth graders and that's really outside my comfort zone so I'm like processing that with God and like trying to get over myself and figure out like why it's making me so anxious and um but like now like processing that and now I'm doing kingdom kids and I'm doing it really well and I honestly didn't really expect to. And the first time I got put in the first or sixth grade room, I was by myself. <laughs> and I had I hadn't even been in there with anyone. I don't I didn't know how it ran. I didn't know what's allowed. I, I knew nothing. Um, but you were by yourself. I was by myself. I mean, there were there were the worship team was there, but I mean whenever I start the lesson, they, they leave. And so I was like, (laughs) totally just did not know what I was doing, but it it went like really well. And there's only five kids that time. And then the next week that I went, I think I was subbing, um, there was 15 kids and that was a big jump. 
And so I remember watching this video uh, from my education classes about active listening and how to like instruct your students on that. And so I like wrangled them all, had them sit in a circle and because I the previous week I had a little bit of struggle with like like honoring me as like like the authority authority you know and so I was like okay I'm I'm gonna break down what what my expectations are and so that's what I did I had them sit in a circle and I was like okay what what is listening mean to you and uh they're they did really well they're like like being quiet I'm like yeah being quiet that's really good like what's what's other ones Mm -hmm. and I I had mentioned like eye contact like looking at me while I'm talking I that's how I know you're listening is when you're looking at me facing me sitting still like eyes on me mouth quiet and just all these other things like how ways you can listen how I can tell that you're listening and so I set that expectation from the beginning Mm. and the rest of the time it was so much easier to reel them back in because I could remind them like how do I know if you're listening how how can I tell if you're listening and they would like adjust and like look at me and because they would like they knew my expectation and so it was just cool being able to take like what I was actually learning from my classes and applying it to Kingdom Kids, and um, it was just it was a cool experience because I hadn't ever like done that before, so I was totally just winging it. But yeah, <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> Sounds like it worked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I wish I did that when I first started. But yeah. I had to be, there was one time where uh, this little boy he was new, and you know, f- first when they're when they're new, they get the the wristband yeah. instead of the sticker because mm-hmm. they're not in the system yet mm-hmm. and they're guests, and so. They uh, get the wristband because then they get in the system the next mm-hmm. time. They'll get the sticker. Um, and he was just really active, mm-hmm. uh, did not want to listen at all. And it was understandable because I think also it's like you never really know what kids' ha- houses are like mm-hmm. and like they're back home or like what. Like, because I, you know, I'm a student with disabilities and mm-hmm. dyslexia and different things. And, and so you never really know what's going on with there because I have mm-hmm. a lot of people like you, you wouldn't be able to tell by just looking at me. Right. But you can like when when it comes to reading and like mm-hmm. when I was a kid reading out loud in front of the class was the most terrifying thing yeah. ever for me. Mm-hmm. And one time he just wouldn't like I was trying to wrangle him in. He just wouldn't. He ended up getting outside of the kindergarten room running all the way through oh the church into the first and sixth grade mm. room, opens the door, walks in, Peyton Thor's there. The man, right? Save, savior. He looks at me, I look him in the eyes, we didn't even say anything. And he gets up, he takes care of it. I sit down with his kids and start teaching in, in first grade. And it was so awesome because Peyton was like, okay, I know. Because like, he's, he's been serving there for longer. And I think at that time he was on staff with mm. the church or something mm-hmm. like that. So Working with kids is honestly such a interesting and um such a learning experience like um uh for a while um my family uh was going to like a very small church and i don't really even know how exactly this happened but it ended up to where my sister and i so 11 and like 14 uh we were running the children's church Mm. And which was interesting because children run children, right? Um, so like every week we we prepared a cert, we prepared like a teaching, we prepared mm-hmm. 
they had like this puppet uh, theater thing. So we I don't like the puppet. So I <laughs> I like the puppet. So every the week kids I wrote a puppet Paul. show for yeah. um, for the kids, mm-hmm. and um, like we set up worship and did all the things, and it was weird because we were so young, but it was also like good because um, it reminded us this is how you act with children even if uh, because we weren't we hadn't moved on necessarily mentally mm-hmm. so we could understand them but also um, we had to get them to respect us and yeah. that was obviously a process yeah. but it was interesting because now I can look back and say okay I understand kids better because I worked with kids when I was younger and I know how to relate to them better. I know that what they're kind of thinking about and how to help them get more comfortable Mm -hmm. and respond and interact. Um, Because a lot of kids, at least for guys, um, it might not be that way for girls, but guys want to be cool. So they get to the age where Mm. they don't want to participate because they want to be seen as cool. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, I'm just standing here awkwardly. And um, and a lot of teachers are like, oh, they're being rebellious. But no, yeah. they want to be seen as cool. So you just have to show mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. that leaders can be goofy too. Yeah. And like show them, hey, I'm dancing like an idiot. So you can too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah, Kids always want to be my friend, which is great. But then... I have to like redefine boundaries with them to like actually listen to me because once they're like, oh, we're buddies now, they like completely stop listening to me. And I've been in third grade classrooms where they're taller than me. I'm like, why are you so tall? (laughs) (laughs) And so it's it's like it's always been really hard for me to like be that authority because like I I want to be fun. I don't like having to like make rules and like be be the mean person in the room. But sometimes like you have to stirring up a little bit and be that authority and like actually stick to your expectations yeah that's important mm-hmm. you know nickelodeon nickelodeon mm-hmm. the, the like show yeah yeah <laughs> so do you remember the little three-eyed monkey no he's like hi i'm paul you remember that uh, that that phrase is really familiar <laughs> but the kindergartners love the paul puppet and so i'll get up there and i'll like I'll have it, and then, like, during the teaching, it's probably distracting, it's probably bad, but during the teaching, I'll, like, turn his head towards, like, one of them, and they'll be like, and they smile and stuff, I'm like, I'm pow! That's funny. It was hilarious. But I kind of want to jump back to uh, one of the first topics we were talking about is how do you feel like, you know, learning these things about the Bible has changed your relationship with the Lord. Because that's what Josh says all the time. It's like mm-hmm. none of this stuff, knowing none of the, any of these, you know, things about the true narrative and the story, it, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make you love our God more and more reverent mm-hmm. and more trusting in Him. So how do you feel like, because for me, I feel like it completely transformed mm-hmm. my relationship with God. Because I'm like, dang, you're so real. Yeah. This is so cool. This is amazing story. Mm-hmm. So. What was it like for you? Yeah, honestly, so similar. Like when you're talking, I was like, it just made it feel more real yeah. and more like tangible and something that was actually coming, like the day of the Lord Jesus coming back. It's it's actually happening. It's mm. not just like this far off thing that's almost like a rumor in the church that's happening. But like, no, it's right. It's not a rumor. It's it's gonna happen. It's the story of all of creation. Mm-hmm. It's like 
the story of all time mm -hmm. and we're a part of it mm -hmm. like i think that's the thing that i didn't realize before i was in this study is like how a part of it we are it's not like separate from us mm -hmm. the, yeah, obviously it's a middle eastern book with narratives that come from the middle east but it's a story about the whole world the whole yeah. globe and mm -hmm. like what it's going towards and something that i've been i think we talked about it on the last podcast going towards is like seeing some of these daniel prophecies and hearing uh you know how these people at fai are mm -hmm. are talking to the, you know one of the guys dalton he lives in israel with his family and he's talking to these world leaders there and he's there you know world leaders tweet nowadays and they're like tweeting things from the flip side of biblical prophecy like things that are like lining up they don't even realize they're falling mm -hmm. into this prophetic storyline mm -hmm. that has already been laying out and you're we're not quite there but we're seeing things shifting to where this prophecy could the conditions could be right for them to come to pass mm -hmm. which is so exciting because wouldn't that just blow your socks off about how trustworthy god is it's mm -hmm. like oh we see what the heck this is actually happening before my eyes yeah so yeah, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> what are we how are we doing on time by the way? Um it is 6:39. Okay. So we got to wrap up in about 10 minutes. Is there anything that I know this kind of podcast has been all over the place, but is there anything that you feel like I guess just men and women in the church like should know more about or like should focus more or less on do you have any like nugget of wisdom that you just think man i, I just wish it wasn't this way or i wish mm -hmm. it would be more like this i guess that i wish we would focus more on the day of the lord mm. because i never heard about it before until going to this bible study but it's all over the bible and so i wish that there would be more of an urgency and like in some regard, in some churches, there obviously is, but I wish there was just more, you know, and like, I think placing that urgency would cause more people to be stirred to go and share the gospel and to share the things that God's doing in their life and just like the realness of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Got anything, Caleb? Um, well, I think that going along with what Katie said, um, the reason we often don't talk about um, biblical prophecies with end times and all that is mm -hmm. just because there's so much we don't understand. Yeah. Mm. There's so much that's weird about it. And so it's almost like we're scared to be wrong. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about it at all. Mm -hmm. It's just like too weird or too controversial. So we're just not going to talk about yeah. it at all. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think for me, bringing like the two topics together they they come together well with yeah. this true understanding of what god is doing through or it's doing through us in the nation of israel and what the promises he's he's made and fulfilled and then relationships and marriage and how that works like they're not separate things so understanding one will help you understand the other like understanding how trustworthy god actually is in reality not just we're believing in something invisible mm -hmm. but we're putting our trust in someone that has earned our trust and gained our trust mm -hmm. through 
always keeping his promise. Yeah. And like that, how he keeps his promise to us is how like the, the, the covenantal relationship with a person is it's, you know, God gave the 10 commandments because it's like this, it's not, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. If you Mm -hmm. don't do this, you're going to go to hell. It's, Hey, this is the best way. This is how I, this is how godly things operate. This is how holy things operate within these parameters. This is how you can best have a relationship with me. This is how you can best like receive joy in life is by, Mm -hmm. you know, doing these things. And the same way marriage vows is like, Hey, you can do like these are this is the best way to honor me like this is like i'm making this vow because not because if you break it or happen to misstep that it's all over that i'm Mm -hmm. breaking the covenant it's like no you you're doing this because we've agreed to this thing and we we're we're pursuing each other until the end Mm -hmm. and i think that's the wildest thing is because the more you understand what uh Josh would call the the playing field mm-hmm. of of what what we're what we're in. Like if you're trying to play soccer on a tennis court, you're gonna have a really hard time. But if you mm-hmm. understand where you're at, then you know you need to play tennis instead yeah. of soccer. Um, if you understand the global playing field in which the biblical authors lay out with specificity uh, in their worldview then you can better understand how to follow God and better understand how to steward all of your relationships from it. So that's the glorious thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I feel like I, I stole the show at the end. Uh, but thank you, Katie, for coming on here. And thank you, thank Caleb, you. for running the computers. I know I kind of got a little mad at you. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, any last words, any last things you want to say? I don't think so. No. I think we <laughs> hit multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you guys for watching. Um, next Tuesday. Yep. We have Stefan. Cool. I believe so. We yeah. have someone on. Okay. Next Tuesday at five o'clock. Yeah, about that time. We'll see you then. Go get all your health supplements from Dr. Direct Nutrition. That's Dr. Direct Nutrition. Is this sponsored? Sponsoring the show. (laughs) (laughs) I like this.